Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Today we are turning to the book of Acts. We're going to look at a couple verses in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 6. We're going to jump around to a few different stories, um, but our main passage, the one we're going to dig into a little bit more, is in Acts chapter 6. Acts is in the New Testament. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Um, And uh, again, Use your table of contents, open up your Bible app, and scroll through, and you'll be able to find it. It is not with an X, it's A-C-T-S, Acts, and it's named after the Acts, or the actions, of the Apostles. Back um, many years ago, uh, when I was still a student at what was then called Bethany Bible College, uh, I was required to do a six-month internship, and some of you... Some of you have heard me speak about my time at at Bethany and my time during my internship, and some of you know that it was it was kind of rough. Um, When I was there, I was at a a big church. I grew up going to a, a little church, and I wanted the experience of a big church so I could have a little bit better rounded experience in in leaving Bible college. And so I went to this big church. And about halfway through, I just felt like every day, every week of my internship, I was being told that there was a certain way to be a pastor and certain things I had to be in order to be a pastor. And I was not it. And so about halfway through, I... I had this overwhelming feeling that I just didn't fit. I wasn't going to be what they wanted me to be. I wasn't cut out to be a pastor. And so I started looking for other things I could do with my degree. And it turns out that basically what you can do with a Bachelor of Arts in Religion is be a pastor. That's it. Like You can't transfer those credits to anything else. You can't go on and do it teaching degree with it, it's basically useless unless you want to be a pastor. And so I was in this place where it's like, well, I'm kind of stuck with this degree. I guess I'll have to stick through it. See, I was in this place where they were telling me one thing, and I was seeing how they were functioning, and there was this comparison going on. And in the comparison, I got lost as to what God was calling me to do personally. And we, this happens to, I would say, all of us. We play the comparison game. We end up, whether, whether it's our job or home or uh, our ministry, we end up playing the comparison game. Now, it may, be, it may be something silly like you spend a lot of time trying to get your hair right because you think that you've got to get the rock star hair. You've got to get 
the hair that you see on TV, you, you see all these actresses and you see all these people, all these models, and they've got the perfect hair, and you've got to get that hair because only if you get that hair will you be respected, only then will you have hair that's worthy, only then will you have hair that, that people will appreciate. Some of you, it's you've got to work out, and you've got to work out, and you've got to get these massive muscles like me You've got to get these massive muscles so that you can feel worthy or you can feel like you're actually accomplishing something or that you can stand up for yourself and you can have confidence. And without that, because you see all these other people that are fit, you're just not going to measure up. It may, be, it may be that you watch those Hallmark movies. Ooh. And you're like, i got to be that guy or that girl that's on that movie in order to have the perfect romance. Sounds silly, but some of you, some of you have felt that. I wish I could have that. And some of you look at some of the leaders in the church, you look at me and think, oh, I could never do that. I could never lead kids' ministry. I could never lead youth ministry. I could never get up in front and preach. I, 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 never, I never went to Bible school. I, those are the people that can do ministry. I'm not cut out for it. I can't ever do anything big for God like that. I can't do it. Well, I'll tell you, obviously, my story did not end with me quitting ministry because, surprise, I'm here. Now, granted, I didn't fit at that church. What they were looking for in a pastor, I didn't fit the mix. I didn't fit what they were looking for. But that didn't mean that I wasn't called and that God wasn't calling me to be a pastor. When I stopped playing the comparison game and when they stopped playing the comparison, comparison game, we all realized that I was still being called to something. It just looked different than what they thought. In the Bible, we see a number of examples of this very similar thing happening. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we have the famous story of David and Goliath. And there, David is just a young man, and he goes to the king. He's a shepherd boy, a young shepherd boy, and he goes to the king of Israel, and they're in at this war time, and he goes to him and says, I'm going to fight that giant for you. And the king looks at him and says, you are not able to do that on your own. You are not equipped to do that. You aren't cut out for it. I don't know if this is your calling. Let me, let, let me give you some armor and some equipment to make sure that you're called to do it the way I would do it. Well, if you know that story, you know that David said, I'm trying on your armor, I'm trying on your sword, and it doesn't fit me. And he says no to it, and he goes... And he fights Goliath, and he wins. David knew what he was being called to be and to do. And he didn't get distracted by what Saul was being called to be and to do. 
In the book of Acts, chapter 6, which we'll come back to in a minute, we have this story of the apostles and a bunch of other volunteers, we'll call them. And the apostles are dealt with this situation where they've got, to, they've got to preach the gospel and then they've got all these people who are in need and they say, we've got to find people that can take care of the people in need. And one of the people is a man named Stephen. And they recruit this man named Stephen to go and take care of the needy people. Stephen doesn't respond to this call and say, well... I would really like to just go out and preach the gospel, and I'm not, I'm not cut out to deal with these other people. Or if I can't do what the apostles do, then I don't want to be part of this ministry. Stephen embraces the call that is put on his life. And as we follow his story, we find out that he is actually the first martyr, the first person killed for believing in Jesus. When we look at the book of Exodus, chapter 31, we see two guys there. I cannot pronounce their names. I'm going to give it a good shot, good, good try here. Bezalel. Bezalel? Anybody, anybody fluent in Hebrew here? Anybody? No? Um, uh, Bezel, we'll call him Bezel, and the other guy is Oholiab. Oholiab? I don't know. Close enough. We've got these two guys. And this, I believe, is actually the first moment in the Bible where it talks about the Holy Spirit anointing anybody. And do you know what these two guys are called to be and to do? They're craftsmen. They build stuff. They're called to build the tabernacle. Sewing, blacksmithing, carpentry, construction. And that's the first moment in the Bible that it talks about the Holy Spirit anointing someone with power. They didn't look at Moses and say, nah, if I'm not going up on the mountain, I can't do this. They knew their call, and they didn't get distracted by it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul goes on and on about that, and he says the church is like a body with many parts, and you can't look at the other parts and say, oh, well, I don't need you, or I'm a better part than you, and I'm more necessary than you, and uh, that, that thing, it's not valuable. He, he says, no, we're a body. We all have to work together and we need to be different. Because if we're not different and we're all a nose, we're not going anywhere because we don't have feet. And if we're all feet, that's fine, but we don't get to smell anything. And we are a body and we have to be different. And we are called to do different things. So let's look at this passage in Acts. Where it's actually dealing with the apostles and calling of Stephen. And in Acts chapter 6 verse 2, this is what it says. 
So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Now, did anyone find that a little offensive when I read that? Did anyone kind of cringe when it said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables? Did anyone have that kind of little reaction that's like, oh, they think they're better than everybody else? They can't wait on tables? Did anyone, anyone have that reaction? Okay, so there's, there's at least one honest person in the back. Yeah, um, I read it and I go, ooh, is that what that's saying? That's not what that's saying. That's not saying one is better than the other. That reveals something about my own personal pride in the comparison game that I play. Because what this is saying is they understood that everybody had a different call and it is wrong for you to neglect your call, to miss your call by focusing on somebody else's. Let me say that again. It is wrong for you to miss your calling by listening to someone else's. Now, I, I will say this. By looking at other people and what they do and how they're called, can you be challenged? Can you be encouraged? Can you grow? Can you be inspired? Absolutely. Absolutely. We should be looking around at each other and be encouraged and be inspired and, and, and it should spur us on to grow and to increase and get better. Absolutely. But that should build on our calling and not replace it. Don't miss your calling by listening to someone else's. You can look around and grow, but that should add to your calling and not replace it. We all have a calling. And we've been talking about it already this month. And it is your job to figure out what that calling is and not get distracted by anybody else's. So, what are you supposed to do with that? What are you supposed to do with that? Well, the, the very first thing that you need to do in determining your call and not getting distracted by anybody else is you need to first make sure that you are following Jesus. You cannot accomplish your call without him. You will not have the power and the authority to have lasting, life-changing impact without Him. You will not have the clarity to know what it is He's saying to you 
if you are personally not following him first. Now, you may be here and you've never followed Jesus. You've never made that decision. And you are, you've heard the whisper of him calling, but you don't have that clarity. You don't have that, that passion. You don't have that, that, that authority behind it. And that's missing because you haven't made that decision to follow him. And some of you are here, and you're in the place where you are rebelling against him. And that's, that sounds strong, and, it, and it's supposed to sound strong, because any time that God calls you, any time that Jesus says, I'm going this way, and you say, I don't think I want to, that is the definition of rebellion. And that might be sin in your life. It may be a bad habit that you're refusing to give up. It may be a grudge you're holding on to. It may be the pride that keeps you from asking for forgiveness and admitting that you're wrong. Whatever it is, if you are in rebellion to Jesus, then you are not going to fulfill your calling. And you are going to be more and more susceptible to looking at other people's because you're not hearing God speak to you. And you're going to just compare yourself to everybody else and you're going to get lost in that and you're going to miss your calling. So the first thing you've got to do is you've got to make sure that you are personally following Jesus. The second thing you need to do is you need to consider your own gifts and passions. So those things that you are naturally good at, those talents that you have... You have been trained in and you can excel at. Those things that, that you are really quite good at. And those things that get you fired up. And you've got to look at those things and consider what has God given me for resources and what has He put in my heart to be passionate about. And those will give you clues as to what it is that he may want you to be involved in. If you are very, very good with kids and you have a passion for reaching kids for Jesus, there's your sign. Maybe you should be involved in kids' ministry. If you are very gifted with, with carpentry and plumbing, and you are really passionate about making sure that facilities look nice and, and are safe and that they're set up so that people can use them and get the most out of them, great! You should be part of the building team. If you are trained in some sort of medical profession, and that might be your, your pharmacy, it could be dentistry, it could be... Any, it, you could be a nurse and you have a passion for people around the world that just don't have a lot, don't have access to medical care, God might be calling you to do missions work around the world. And so you've got to look at your gifts and your passions and use those as clues as to what God may be saying to you. The third thing you've got to do is you've got to listen to the Spirit. 
These men in Exodus were filled with the Spirit. They were led by the Spirit. You've got this passage in chapter 6 where they were looking for people to go serve the poor and the needy and one of the requirements was that they were filled with the Spirit. And so in your journey to find your calling, your specific calling, you have to develop your ability to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because the gifts and your passions are going to give you an idea. But that's not it. That's not all of it. You need the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you need His leading. And you develop that through prayer. You develop that through reading the Word of God because this is God speaking to you and yet you determine that, you develop that by spending time praying to God being open and honest with God and listening to what it is He wants to say to you. It's like every other relationship in your life. If you just stand there and you talk and talk and talk and talk, you will never get to know the other person. The only way you recognize someone's voice and get to know them is by having an actual conversation. And that requires talking to God and listening for Him reading His Word, and that's Him speaking to you. So you need to develop your ability to recognize the Spirit speaking to you. The other thing you can do in that whole mix is you can make sure that you are surrounded by people that do have a strong connection with God. And you can have the conversation with them and say, what do you think God might be saying to me? And they can help you sort through that because they also recognize His voice. And so you've got to follow Jesus. You've got to look at your gifts and your passions. And you've got to, you've got to determine your ability to hear the Spirit speak to you. The last thing you've got to do is you've got to start doing it. You've got to take that step. And it might just be an experiment. I'm going to try out kids' ministry. I'm going to try the building team. I'm going to try youth ministry. I'm going to try the worship team. I'm going to try going out into, out into the workplace and, and sharing my faith. I'm going to try a missions trip. I'm going to, whatever it is that you feel God is calling you to be and to do, I'm going to try serving at the food bank. You've got to try it. You can't just stand back and watch everybody else and watch all these things and hum and ha and go, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You've got to get your feet wet. You've got to go into the water. You've got to start walking that path. And if it's wrong, God will show you that it's wrong. If you're following Him and you're looking at your gifts and your passions and you're listening for the leading of the Spirit, then when you start down that journey, if it's wrong, He will tell you. And if it's right, he will tell you. But a lot of times you don't get that figured out until you start down that journey. When I initially received my call to ministry, it hit me, it was clear, and when I started walking the path to ministry, all of a sudden all these people, classmates, people at church, my parents started looking at me and going, well, yeah, we knew you were called to that. 
And I was left going, why didn't you say something before? This would have been a whole lot easier if you had just told me. I didn't get confirmation until I started walking down that path. Most of the time, you won't get confirmation one way or another until you start walking down that path. So you've got to follow Jesus. You've got to consider your gifts and your passions. You've got to learn to lean on the Spirit. And you've got to start going. And in that process, you will hear the Spirit speak to you about your calling. Not anybody else's. Don't miss your calling by looking at anybody else. By assuming you have to do it like anybody else. That you have to be like anybody else. Or that the only calling that is acceptable is the one that somebody else has. These men and women in the Bible who had these specific callings had incredible, incredible impact on their world. Not because they were all kings, not because they were all prophets, not because they were all ministers of the gospel, not because they all died for their faith. They had incredible, eternal impact because they didn't miss their calling by listening to someone else's. Now, I don't know. I don't know what God might be saying to you. I don't know what ministry He may be calling you to be part of. I don't know what kind of work He wants you to do out in the community or out in the world. I don't know what He's saying to you specifically. And I don't know what kind of impact that your obedience to that call may have. But I know that if you listen to His call on you, and don't miss it by listening to somebody else's, it will make your life worth it. the impact that God can do in and through you will have eternal consequences that cannot be measured. And that might be building a tent. It may be saving lives in Africa. And maybe kicking a ball around in a midweek sports program. But if you are fulfilling the call that God has put on your life, He will use that to make an eternal impact. Don't miss your calling by listening to someone else's. The worship team is going to come up. I'm closing a song here. And what I want you to write on your bathroom mirror or kitchen window or something this week is I want you to write, don't miss it.
Don't miss it. Don't miss what your God is calling you to do by listening to someone else's. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Thank you.